following is a presentation of Main Street Media, your source for news, sports, and information on Main Street in Middle Tennessee. Welcome into Main Street Preps this week with Russell Venosi and Tyler Palmatier as they bring you the latest headlines and storylines across Middle Tennessee. It's Main Street Preps this week. Here are your hosts, Tyler Palmatier and Russell Venosi. We're back with another edition of Main Street Preps this week. I'm Russell Venosi, joined as always by Tyler Palmatier. Palmatier, almost butchered your name there, Tyler. But uh, we've got a fun, fun show lined up, and we're going to talk about some of the biggest high school sports headlines across the region. Uh, we're going to welcome CPA soccer coach Thomas Gerlock for a conversation, and finally, we'll wrap up with some of the big news uh, that came out from the Tita Busta Belay last week. Uh, Tyler, basketball season is in the rearview here. We've got spring sports going on, and there has certainly been no shortage of, of news and things to keep up up with, has there? Yeah, I mean, it's really there's. Um, I mean, the biggest the biggest news uh, the the TSSA uh, executive director move. Um, I think a few people probably had an inkling that it was going to come in the days before, but I mean, if last month while we were at basketball, um, Bernard Childers retiring at the end of the year was not on my brain. That's a big big story. Um, I thought he did that job so well in the short time that uh, I kind of covered the organization and the meetings well since I've been here um so that's just you know that's a huge story and it's not like it's a huge story because they're we don't know who's going to fill the spot or we're worried about the person that's going to fill the spot I think Mark Reeves is an awesome pick but uh it's just a big job as you know Russell and uh when somebody you know I think they want something seamless but they've got a they've got a new person now so there could be changes there could be changes and that all came just a day after the organization decided to kind of uh, kick, the, uh, kick the ball down on um, lacrosse sanctioning, mm-hmm. kick the can, I should say, to December to think about that some more. You were there for that meeting. Um, and then speaking yeah. of sports potentially getting sanctioned, you know, girls flag football is well underway in Williamson County. That's another one that could be on the table soon as well, depending on how things shake out. Yeah, and indoor track, I think, is the other one. Um, we're probably just going into an era here of – a few sports that are going to need some form of sanctioning. And there's a, there's some different ways you can do that. Um, you know, just cause you're sanctioned doesn't mean, okay, you know, you're sanctioned and we will offer a state championship trophy and a, a state championship for you. Um, you can ease sports in sports can hold a regional championship at first. And a, as they kind of await full sanctioning from the TSSAA, um, and then the, the state championship can be added afterwards. You know, sometimes it's just a matter of, you know, getting the catastrophic insurance for a sport that needs it, getting uh, access to those bylaws that the TSSA has. You know, just that added structure is really what helps sports. The state championship and state tournaments that you can offer can come later. But just getting, like, flag football and uh, indoor uh, – I'm sorry, not indoor, but lacrosse and indoor uh, sanctioned initially I think is going to be a big thing in the next three years and – that's kind of what was discussed at that meeting last week, um, where that's going. And that, that seems pretty clear that that's kind of where we're headed there. Uh, so that'll be that'll, that'll be something to follow for, for a while, I would imagine. 
Certainly. And uh, of course, to get sanctioned, you, you've got to have some level of access across the state for those for every, for every sport that is sanctioned. So that's, I'm sure, a big topic of discussion on how they're going to do that. But, you know, Williamson County is trying out this flag football experiment. Tyler, seems like uh, from all accounts, it's going pretty well so far. And just taking a look at the standings, Franklin uh, has been dominant. They're 6-0. And then right behind them are Fairview and Ravenwood at both 5-1. and one. But more so than the records, I know you talked to some of the coaches um, to check in last week, and it's, it seems like everybody's having fun and kind of just enjoying learning the fundamentals and, and coaching the fundamentals of, of football. And uh, by all accounts, it seems like that's been kind of a smashing success so far and something that we could see pop up in other counties uh, in the coming years. I absolutely think we will. Um, I think it's a great – seems to be a great offense or off-season sport for uh, – for soccer players and frankly anything, but I mean, when you, it's kind of perfect for soccer for uh, girls in Tennessee because they play in the fall and the great way to play, there, there's a way to condition yourself. And then, um, you know, kind of before that travel season starts. Uh, but yeah, I've heard nothing but good things about it. Franklin's run. Yeah, shoot. I didn't realize they were all the way up in first place now, but they're running the option. I mean, they're doing, um, they're throwing it way back. So I, it's pretty yeah. cool. I think, uh, <laughs> how teams have approached it and definitely learning experience because it's a different sport for sure. And on top of all that, we kind of have this kind of late push of college commitments flying off the board, especially for seniors. A couple of the big names, uh, Willie Walton from Lipscomb Academy is heading to Lee University to play basketball Mm -hmm. and baseball, which is pretty neat. And then uh, Ryan Oliver is another one that stood out. Of course, Kane Ridge is kind of right-hand man there to Brandon Brandon Miller. He's going to – don't want to butcher the name here. I think it's Vicenchez University in uh, Indiana. Could be could be how you say it. Might not be how you say it, but that's the best I can do. And looking into that school a little bit, it's a two-year school, uh, a two-year athletic program at least. I think they do offer some four-year degrees. But uh, several NBA players actually started their careers there, including Sean, uh, Sean Mannion, Carl Landry. There's actually a guy right now in the M- NBA, I think, with the Miami Heat that went there. So uh, – Certainly not a bad landing spot there for Oliver. Maybe he can um, use a couple of good seasons there and springboard that into maybe a uh, four-year school or maybe a Division One school if he develops yeah, into the no, player that seems like he could be. That's, that's awesome. Did you say Sean Marion went there? Yeah, he went there. And then, Well, he, he went there for, directly from Clarksville, and then he went to UNLV before getting drafted. Oh, okay. So. That's a great spot. Yeah, I, I wasn't surprised that he found a spot to play. Ryan Oliver. Um, and then, of course, Jake, Jake Dykstra going to Belmont. Uh, that announcement was was pretty big yesterday, too. That's good for him. Uh, I only watched CPA twice this year, but Jake Dykstra played great both times I saw him. Yeah, and he was – two years ago, he was just a fantastic shooter, too. I think he uh, he may have had, been a little bit down this year, but I think two years ago he was like 45% from three or something crazy like that when, when Drew Maddox was still the coach there, so that was mm-hmm. pretty crazy. And then – uh, also, Nathan Robertson from Greenbrier, defensive end, heading to Tennessee. I got to see him a couple years ago at a practice. It was one of those workouts that they were doing uh, in the summer right after um, things started kind of opening up after COVID and was taking some pictures out of practice. I was like, man, that kid looks like he's got some size and ability. Had no idea he would eventually turn into an SEC prospect. So um, for Greenbrier, that's it's a pretty neat thing there. Yeah, it's awesome. That's great. And with that, we are going to move to our first break and then come back with CPA soccer coach Thomas Gerlach.
Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-266. Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ed Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990. Or visit customstonehandlers.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50-plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there, and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731, and schedule your tour today. Are you an enthusiastic sports fan? Want to have fun and get in on the action? Heck yes, that'd be awesome. Have great attention to detail? Want to stay active? Definitely. Want to give back to the student athletes in your community? Obviously, yes. Then you'd make an excellent high school sports official. We need more officials in Tennessee. Because with no high school officials, there are no high school sports. Sign up today at highschoolofficials.com. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic injuries and our OrthoQuick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Nobody covers high school sports like Main Street Preps, bringing you hyper-local coverage of the teams and athletes in your backyard. Wherever your Main Street is, we've got a podcast for you. From Sumner County Sports Podcast with Zach Womble, to Casey's Take on Sports with Dixon Post and Cheatham County Exchange's sports reporter Casey Patrick. The MSP North Podcast with Brady McAtamney and Blaine Keller covering Montgomery and Robertson Counties to Main Street Preps this week with Russell Venosi and Tyler Palmatier with a macro view of prep sports in Middle Tennessee. Find the latest prep sports news from your Main Street at MainStreetPreps.com and find these podcasts dropping weekly on these Main Street media social platforms and wherever you get your podcasts. Now, back to Tyler and Russell with Main Street Preps this week. All righty, it's time to welcome in CPA soccer coach Thomas Gerlock, also known as Tom, I think. Uh, Tom, how are you doing today? Yeah, <laughs> I'm doing well, sir. Thanks for having me on here. Absolutely. Thanks for joining us. And, uh, you know, Tom, looking outside, it, it almost feels like we live in Seattle or something this week with all the rain. Uh, I know you guys still have grass, natural grass over there at CPA. Uh, how do you handle it when it rains? Do you guys go ahead and practice on your game field? Do you go inside? Do you just cancel? What, what's that, what's kind of the plan been this week? So we, we try not to cancel just because, you know, we really want to get touches on the ball. It's, it's limiting, though, as 
we're blessed to have a lot of great sports here at CPA, but we have two gyms. And so, you know, in the spring, you've got girls softball, you've got baseball, you got girls across, you got guys across. Uh, you have track and field, and then you have soccer. So, you know, when it rains, it's kind of a balance issue of when you can get to gym and for how long. So, you know, if we have a big game coming up and it's not torrentially raining, we might train outside on the field, but we don't want to tear up the boxes. So we'll get maybe an hour of technical work in the gym and then sometimes maybe look at game film or, or end a little early. But, you know, this weather has been crazy. It's been you know, snowing one day and 80 the next and then raining the next day and sunny by evening. So it's, I've always joked that I could coach an indoor sport. All I do is stay on Doppler radar for the entire day looking at what the, what the weather is going to do. That is so true. You, you, it's funny how sports writers kind of become amateur meteorologists uh, in that, in that regard to Tom, whenever, Whenever the rain starts to come out, we all like to pretend we know exactly what all these storm systems are going to do and which way they're going to move. Um, exactly. I, I mean, you reached 300 wins a few years ago. Uh, you were hired at CPA back in 2014. Does it seem like you've been at this coaching thing this long? And uh, as well oh. as kind of, you know, how does it feel like you've been at CPA that long? I know that you were that was a job you were fond of for a long time. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, this is. I started coaching in uh, 2003, and I think I added up between girls and guys seasons and coaching around. I've coached 34 seasons, so I feel really old. Uh, and I've actually, while I coached at CAK uh, for eight years, I actually have now kind of uh, uh, gone above what I did at CAK because coaching girls and guys, I've coached here now for since 2014. So. Uh, while it seems just like yesterday that I was at CAK, it also seems like I've been here for a while because, I mean, what a phenomenal program both of those programs are. And just to be a part of CPA is, is a blessing. And Brett Armstrong and Tom Gilman, the predecessors here, have laid such a great foundation. Uh, and, you know, our administration is so supportive. So it's, it's, it's a great place to work, even though, as you guys know, coaching is, is hard uh, no matter where you are. Yeah, and despite that, you guys have been able to be competitive uh, on both the girls' and boys' sides. Seems like every season there at CPA. And of course, this year you're now in Division Two AA. So, did you did you feel like your programs were ready for that challenge this season, uh, Tom? So uh, I, I use the story a lot of you know back a couple of years when UCF beat Auburn and they you know they were claiming they were national champions, and you know someone said you know it's different when you're you can beat Auburn, but playing in the SEC day in, day out makes it a lot different. And I, I felt like going into this, we were kind of the UCF of sports where, you know, we would still play NBA, we'd still play BA, we'd play Macaulay, and we would play these games to kind of, I like to play the best teams that, that I can because I think it prepares you. However, you know, there is no easy game now in D2 AA. Um, you know, when you're looking at, depending on the rankings you're looking at, you know, Macaulay is always up there. Baylor, Christian Brothers, with with the girls, you've got Harbaugh who won state. So it's day in, day out. Uh, you're playing the best teams, but you know our staff and our guys and girls have prepped and done such a great job setting the tone of what this program looks like. Uh, even you know three or four years ago, knowing that uh, this might be a possibility that they move us up. It's hard. 
but I do love the competition uh, because every game means something now. Whereas before it might, you know, a couple of those games might have been a blowout. Now it's, you know, you're you're battling it out uh, with NBA, battling it out with Father Ryan, who who are very storied and uh, successful programs. Well, uh, Tom, that's a. I'm glad you brought that up. I was going to ask you about uh, this stretch you guys have coming up between April 19th and the 25th. You've got Father Ryan, Pope Prep, and Innsworth. Um, how important do you look at those? How important are, the, are those stretches to you as a coach? As we're close to the playoffs, but these games are are important. They obviously don't define your season, but how, how do you treat them? How do how do you kind of want to gauge your team during those late game late season stretches? Sure. So, you know, the, it's changed with, with D2AA. You know, in our single A, pretty much everyone qualified for the postseason and everyone had a chance to move on to region and sub-state to state. But now with D2AA, you have to be in the top four to even qualify for postseason. So, you know, if we're not in the top four out of our seven teams, your season's done uh, the last game you play. And so, you know, we – front-loaded some really heavy opponents, Station Camp, Hendersonville, Page, uh, you know, these, uh, you know, NBA, these teams that were really going to prepare us because, you know, we really need to get some points uh, on the next kind of region games to even have a postseason. So, you know, while, yes, 100%, these games don't define us, our guys are one of those things where, you know, we're a both and we want to find our identity in Christ, but we, and we don't want to find our identity in, in our wins and losses, but we're also competitors. Like we want to compete till the very end. And so we're going to go into it, you know, looking to get, you know, three points from every game or at least a point from every game. But all of those, all of those games are tough, man. You know, Father Ryan, uh, and Robin has done such a great job there and JP2 and Ensworth, they're all storied programs. So, you know, we got to go in with the mindset of we got to give it our best because it's going to be a battle. And I know you guys have a number of talented players, but what Jace Harvey did last year as a freshman just kind of knocked everybody's socks off with the uh, the 26 goals, the hat trick in the state semifinals. Has he taken another step forward this year from what you've seen? Yeah, Jace is phenomenal. And when you have Jace Harvey – and Patty Lee, and you know, Patty has already has uh, like nine goals so far this season, or excuse me, has 17 goals so far this season. Put him and Jace together. We, we actually call them the wandering sprinkles. I know that's not really a technical term, but you know, we have some players where you know, you're a left wing, you're a right wing, you're a six, or you're a defensive center mid for Jace and Patty. It's kind of one of those situations where they're so intelligent and they're so in tune with the game. They can wander wherever they feel the game leads them to go and they can adjust. And so, you know, we have another newcomer, Asher Keck, son of Danny Keck, uh, here at CPA. Uh, he's uh, a forward who just, he does things athletically that is just incredible. He, he scored a banger of a goal against Franklin. I don't know if you saw it on social media. The right footer from almost the baseline. And so you put those three together and, you know, chaos happens. And so it is such a blessing to have them with, you know, Davis Rohde, who's a junior captain. And that's rare in and of itself to have a captain on a, such a strong team that's a junior, along with Patty Lee. Uh, it really builds that up and sets us up for success from an attacking standpoint. 
Tom, we're gonna we're gonna get you out here pretty quick. Uh, last thing, who who's the best player you've seen from an opposing team this year, and and why? Uh, wow, that's a tough question because there's there's a lot of good players. Um, I tell you who I was really impressed with was Hendersonville's uh, center midfield. They are just phenomenal. You know the things that Hendersonville did. They ran a three five two, and they were all over us that first half. Um, it's, it's the control, it's the movement of the ball. It's not only aggression, but it's aggression with control. Um, they're confident, they can attack and move the ball. And so those players are just, I think, I think nothing but the best of, of Hendersonville. And there's a reason why they're ranked, you know, in the top five in the state. Sounds like that was certainly a good, uh, non-region challenge to stick in the schedule there, Tom. And, uh, we really appreciate your time today, and we, and we hope to see you out of the game soon. Best of luck to you guys. Absolutely. Hey, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Best of luck. Absolutely. That's thanks, been Tom. CPA boys, so- boys and Girls Soccer Coach Tom Gerlock. And it's now time for another commercial break. Nobody does what Tennessee's doing. It is incredibly hard to perform at that level, much less replacing the players Tennessee replaced. I think everything pointed to, if you know the way the league usually works, you can kind of guess that to say, well, they were this last year, they lost that, they gained that. You know, you can usually peg them in a range where you're pretty sure that it's going to fit at the end of the year. What they have done is mind-blowing. And I've never seen a team doing what they're doing right now. I have seen some attempts teams do this before, where you get to the midseason point, you, you just don't know where the, this team is going. You're not even sure if it's, it's, you know, good or great. You don't know what it is. And then the season, he's pushed all the buttons, um, <laughs> and you know they've won a national title or something like that. We've seen that happen before. I, I don't know. Um, and the thing is that makes it so tough is I don't understand their offense right now, though. I, I don't get – you know, you watch them three weeks ago. They're coming off they're, – they're on an 18-game winning streak. And, and number 18 was 10 nothing over South Carolina in its building on Friday night. You can tell the angst is through the roof with league executive coaches. I mean, I first of all, I cannot relate, but everyone is on the edge of their seat just trying to get ready for this game coming up against the unknowns. I think we as a people give ourselves too much credit. Listen, my dad yes. is probably the worst driver on the planet, right? So when they come out with self-driving cars right, one day, yeah. he's going to he's going to buy one. And it, <laughs> and there's that mindset, right? Everyone's like, I would never have a car drive for me. What if it malfunctions? It's like, I, I, I drive in Nashville traffic every single day for like three hours i see how terrible human drivers are i think people give themselves too much credit so they're like oh the ball and the chip will mess up no it won't and if it does it'll be like a one-time thing and it'll be fixable as we bring in the voice of the blue Raiders, chip walters who sits in our studio today and that was awesome. <laughs> i hope you will clip that out i hope you heard that uh, <laughs> Thank you. 
Moving right along here on Main Street Preps this week, it's time to take a little bit of a deeper dive into that big TSAA news that we briefly mentioned there at the top. Of course, Bernard Childress announced his retirement last week and almost immediately was replaced by Mark Reeves. Um, Tyler, I'll be honest, I had my finger on the trigger there to send the Bernard Childress story to get that out, and then I was listening to the Board of Control call, and one thing led to another, and all of a sudden they are voting on a new executive director. So I think that I don't know if that was exactly planned ahead of time, but it certainly speaks to uh, how everybody feels about Mark in that office and on that board that they it was kind of a no-brainer to just go ahead and insert him as Bernard's replacement. Yeah, I would say it's probably more than likely planned before. I mean, uh, especially with uh, Bernard stepping down to retire, I feel like they probably had a little bit of heads up that this was going to happen. And I think I – think Mark seems like the the easy the good choice. I mean, I don't know easy. I I thought that he would be the perfect replacement and that he would like be the likely replacement. Um, but I don't think they just put him in there. Uh, you know, I don't think that was a quick. I think that was definitely a vote that was planned. I mean, I think a lot that was something that was thought about before to to put him in that spot. They're a pretty deliberate bunch over there. Um, so I think they they were they were that was a really intentioned move, but um. Yeah, for that to all just happen in one day, you know, in one week, that wasn't on anybody's radar a few weeks ago, and that's that's pretty big stuff. I mean, everybody will that job. I think they know. I know they're looking for a smooth transition, but you don't always know how two different humans are going to do a job like that. I mean, um, so there's no reason to think there's going to be massive changes, but people should know with a new as as they do, you know, with a new leader comes different thoughts, opinions, ways to do things. So there, that could mean changes at some point. And of course, there's always going to probably going to be the curveball of just events that happened too. I'm sure uh, early 2020 Bernard Childress had no idea what was about to, to happen there with um, the pandemic and then everything that all the fallout from that, it was just darn near constant uh, decision-making and, and news that was coming out for about the next 12 months after that. And uh they handled that pretty well, I think, all things considered. And and now we are entering this kind of new era under Mark Reeves, who I got to know a little bit while I was the Robertson County reporter. My dealings with him have always always been great, so looking forward to seeing what he does. Um, but I definitely think uh, sh- sanctioning uh, those those sports that we talked about at the top is probably going to be one of the one of the big challenges there. Of course, um, we touched a little bit last week on the re- uh, the official shortage, referees, umpires, all that. Um, if that problem continues to get worse, that's probably something that's going to need to be addressed. Um, they, they've already addressed some of that by moving some games around, including football games to Thursday night. Um, which, and aside here, Tyler, I'm, I'm totally pumped about the Thursday night games. If we can get a great night game on Thursday night and and then Friday night too, I think that's just going to help selfishly our coverage a little bit. But um, there's definitely going to be no shortage of uh, of challenges, and I'm sure uh, Mark and his team will will do the best they can to, to kind of deal with those as they come. Yeah, I wonder if Bernard. I wonder if he works for in this role for five, six more years if COVID doesn't happen. That's a good question. I mean, you know, he was quoted in the the article that Maurice wrote. If you haven't read that, be sure to check that out at MainStreetPreps.com. Uh, great story there, kind of on his career and some reflection as well. But he was talking about how he was, you know, on his phone every fifteen minutes, on his checking his email every five minutes, and I guarantee you during the pandemic when literally everybody was reaching out to their office with questions and concerns. I mean, 
that had to have gotten even worse. So I, yeah, I, I definitely think in a lot of cases, not necessarily, I can't speak to this one specifically, but um, I think the pandemic has accelerated some retirements. My dad's a great example. He's, uh, he's retired as well from the national weather service as of a couple weeks ago. And uh, I think working at home and just all the changes that are, have kind of happened in life accelerated his decision. Um, it made it a little bit easier to walk away. And uh, maybe that was the case here too. It's certainly everybody's kind of like realigned their priorities um, in the last couple of years. So certainly could have been a factor there. He probably did. I bet he did three years worth of work in two years during all that. I mean, um, that job, a lot of jobs became really difficult or uh, pretty crappy with the pandemic. And I bet that's one of them. I mean, there, cause he just had so much more to do. I mean, so much had to be changed about how high school sports ran and, I mean, you're just talking about the layers of dynamics. You know, it's just like a big onion. I mean, just so many layers. You start peeling eligibility back. Virtual schooling is now an issue. You know, that was another thing that was established at that meeting last week that kind of got breezed over because it's just so incredibly boring. But, um, you know, you can attend a virtual school, but you can't um, go play. You know, if you attend a virtual school in Davidson County, for instance, you can't go play football at Oakland without – you know, transferring like a normal player. These are issues that didn't exist before the pandemic, so I wouldn't be surprised if Bernard just said, I think I'm going to call it a career. I think that was a good, strong finish. Got us through. Uh, moving on. And congrats to him and Mark Reeves for, uh, you know, what, what seems like a good transition at this point. Yep. Well said. And with that, we're going to call it a day here on Main Street Preps this week. Thanks for joining us, and uh, be sure to stay tuned to the website all week, MainStreetPreps.com. We'll try to get some game coverage in there whenever this rain lets up. But in the meantime, we'll have you covered with all kinds of other stories and coverage. So be sure to check it out, and we'll see you next time on Main Street Preps this week.